You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So before we got started, we learned that Jan Harzan of MUFON has a real life. He does real things, you know, like, for example, he takes his car into the car dealer for service, waits for the car dealer to get their shuttle vehicle to take them home. You know, this is a a common practice. I don't know how it works in Canada. Randall, the same thing? Yeah, if I go to the dealership, they'll put me on a bus and and ship me back to my house, and then I can call them, and they'll they'll come and get me again. A few places will have loaner vehicles even. So, uh, yeah, if you go to the right place, you can get a ride back and forth. Well, I have a VW dealer about a mile from here, so I don't worry about it. I just worry about the price of service. The other thing Jan and I were talking about before is he asked whether this is audio or video. And I told him that the reason we don't do video is I don't want to frighten our viewers. And then what did you say, Jan? <laughs> I don't remember. No, I, I, well, I, I, I'm not sure. What did I say? You tell me. <laughs> you agreed with me about yourself. I mean, you oh, look normal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see the green skin or the gray skin or anything like that. I don't see the elongated head, so you seem normal to me. It's more the lines in the face, you know. It's like, like, am, am I really that old? <laughs> Isn't everybody self-conscious about their own image, though? I oh, mean, you know, sure. I feel as though I'm probably the least photogenic person on the planet. And, and uh, but, you know, there's always, <laughs> I suppose, exceptions to the rule. Well, we have makeup men for that, you know, and women, makeup men and women. With, with me, though, they'd need a whole team of people, you know, like 20 people or a special <laughs> effects artist so they can CGI me, you know, like a green screen. You see how they yes. do that, where some of these actors will go up before the green screen and suddenly they're a gorilla. Like Andy well, you know Circus, who was in Lord of the Rings and he played in Planet of the Apes and he's a regular looking guy. But yes. he, what they do is motion capture. That's the ticket. You know, you dress up as Shazam, I dress up as Superman, and they do motion capture. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I wonder here, seriously, whether UFOs are in their own way some kind of motion capture. That what we see as UFOs, and you can tell me I'm crazy because everybody else does. What we see as UFOs is an image presented for our benefit. Kind of almost like they did in Contact, where the alien came back as the Jodie Foster character's dad. What do you think? Well, you know, it's an interesting thought there, because you know, when I saw my craft as a 10-year-old boy, I, I wondered if maybe we, had, maybe we had conjured it up in our consciousness somehow, because this thing just appeared out of nowhere, and boom, it was there. And then it was gone just as fast as it showed up. So I, that's a good question. How does our reality get created? That's a good question. Well, of course, as you know, Greg Bishop has a co-creation theory where there is a external consciousness-related phenomenon and we are contributing to what we see. Have you given that much thought? Even if it's real aliens, there could be that factor of us doing something to make it presentable. Well, you know, that's, you're kind of talking about the Schrodinger's cat experiment, right? Where, where is it a waiver of particles and does the cat really die if you don't really know about it? It's a, it's a thoughtful process, and, and it goes back to the basis of reality and how 
we perceive things and how consciousness is uh, functions and works. You know, these are big, big questions that that many top physicists and scientists are thinking about, as well as just lay people like you and me. So. Who knows what the answer is? All I know is that we've got strange vehicles flying about our sky that appear to be solid, for the most part, and under intelligent control. So why can't we talk about this stuff? Why is it that it's been 70 years that we've suppressed this, and now only in the last year and a half have, have governmental people come out and started talking about the fact that these things are real? It's a, it's a real perplexing question, you know, and it probably goes to the heart of who we are as human beings and how we behave not only with each other but collectively as a civilization so well let's look at the history because you and i go back that far i go back a bit farther (laughs) than you i think jan i go back so far that there were this before no i don't want to get to that anyway (laughs) (laughs) but seriously speaking mufon started out as the midwest ufo network back around what 1968 or something 69 1960 may of 1969 MUFON was founded by, uh, I believe, it was six or seven gentlemen in, in the Midwest who came together and decided that they wanted to decentralize the whole UFO question. Because at the time, they were all members of APRO, the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, under the, on, under the Lorenzans. The Lorenzans wanted to run a very tight, centrally controlled ship uh, where only they could talk to the press. And yet they had all these people who were members and following up on cases and things and these folks felt, hey, you know, I'm smart enough to be able to talk to the press, too. Uh, and one of those people, Walt Andrews, violated that uh, sacred trust and was called on the carpet by the Lorenzans. And uh, as a result, a team of them got together and said, you know, we, sh- we should create a new organization that's decentralized and, and allow people to run their own states. Because uh, these things happen out about not only the different states in the United States, but in different countries around the world. And so today, MUFON operates in... 43 countries in all 50 states, and we have state and national directors in all those locations. So it's it's been a model that's worked well for 50 years, and I think it'll work probably well for the next 50 years as we continue to collect information on these objects and hopefully the beings that are inside them. I should tell you about my background with the Lorenzans. Oh, okay, okay. I've told this on the air, but you haven't heard it. I had a small UFO magazine when I was maybe 18 or 19 years old, and this was probably around the time the Saqqara, New Mexico case came in. So we saw a bunch of photos I wanted to include in the magazine. I picked one, which appeared to be a generic photo because I saw it in many locations. And I ran the issue. And then Coral Lorenzen writes back and says, well, you used our photo that we took and therefore send me $100. I said, well, you know, I'm sorry. If you don't think you got the right credit, I gave the magazine credit. I'm happy to do it under fair use. And, you know, she made some insulting remark, and that was it. This is (laughs) mid-1960s. We go then to a UFO convention in Fort Smith, Arkansas, in the mid-70s. And, I mean, it was cool because other people I had disagreements with, like Richard Hall of NICAP, who once threw me out of the office. He didn't want to see me because I was working with Jim Mosley at the time. Really, you know, getting paid by Jim Mosley. And we met up now 10 years later at Fort Smith. We shook hands and we had a good laugh. And my only regret is that we didn't get back to him in time after the Paracast was founded to get him on the show before he died. That would have been a great show. But I liked him once I got to, to know him and we got to talk to each other for a few minutes. At the same point, Coral Lorenzen sees me. I don't introduce myself. 
but I'm about to. And she comes up to me and looks at my name on the name tag and says, oh, you're the one who ran that photo. And I thought to myself, it's 10 years. Give it a break. <laughs> funny. That's funny. And she I can understand then that they would have a very strong-armed approach to yeah. the way the organization was you know, managed. You, you know this field is full of interesting personalities, and, uh, <laughs> and that was, they would probably be one of them that were very interesting. Oh, for sure. I mean, if in UFO lore and in the history of the field, definitely you've got to take uh, Coral and Jim Lorenzen into account. And, and Coral, she was a witness. She saw a UFO at the age of nine. Uh, along with other people. So, I mean, really, we should be one big happy family. And yet, there, here right. we are still, you know, almost fighting like children amongst ourselves at times. Yeah, it's kind of silly when you think we're all here for the same purpose, trying to get to the bottom of this whole interesting field. But did you ever have a chance to meet with um, the head of NICAP, Donald Kehoe? Oh, sure. Now, yeah, this is interesting. I'll tell you about my NICAP thing here, because remember... I look at Kehoe and I look at NICAP, even though Kehoe was the person who basically took over NICAP when it ran afoul or floundered in the mid-50s. And I'll get into more of that in a moment. We have Jan Harzan, the executive director of MUFON, and we're just kibitzing, just hanging out here with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. Join American Cannabis Summit online at acs2018.com. Attendance is free. That's acs2018.com. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, 
you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? Ninety-two thousand dollars. Ouch! The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called Federal Tax Management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 bacon lovers we ship free try our amazing bacon no refrigeration required proprietary value added packaging provides 10 years shelf life and protects the leanest thickest center cut fully cooked bacon in america today ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve savory and delicious wholesale price for your everyday use order today at readytoeatbacon.com readytoeatbacon.com we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question about the paracast send it to news at the paracast.com that's news at the paracast.com and don't forget to visit our famous paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com so let me give you the picture here we go to washington dc myself rick hilberg alan greenfield and a friend of mine marty from brooklyn new york travel to washington dc and we make an appointment to visit major kehoe who lived in luray virginia not in the caverns folks i always point that out he did not live in the caverns he was not a dero we saw him at a diner and he was a very nice guy we talked to him from half hour an hour and expressed our interests and everything and like i said very personable gentleman and i think he used that personality to get a lot of the information he received in writing up his books. Now, I had visited Nightcap previously, the offices directly, and I actually volunteered for a few hours and typed up summaries of UFO reports from the newspapers and everything. I like to think they included one of those or two of those in UFO Evidence, the book that Richard Hall edited. Anyway, it's a year or two later. We go to Nightcap's office. And Richard Hall opens the door. Now, NICAP had headquarters at DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. The significance of that, Jan, is that if you remember the original day the Earth stood still with Michael Rennie as Klaatu, remember when the military shot him down before he got resurrected in his spaceship? He was at DuPont Circle where he got shot down. And now NICAP locates itself in roughly the same location. I don't know if that means anything, but I think it was also because the offices were cheap. 
Let's be frank about it. Okay. So Richard Hall looks at me. Now, at this point, I had been working as managing editor at Saucer News, Jim Mosley's Saucer News in New York City. And the point being here that I got paid. If I got paid what I got paid then in 1965 and it increased by the cost of living now, I'd be making like $60 an hour. You see? Let's see how things have changed. Anyway, my name was on the masthead as managing editor with Jim Mosley. And Richard Hall knew this. And Richard Hall and Jim Mosley basically hated each other. And let me give you that story before we get to the other story. So Jim calls NICAP one time. Hall answers the phone. And they talk for a moment. And Hall accuses Jim Mosley of taping the conversation. Some words are exchanged and they hang up. Now, I don't know if you knew Jim Mosley or not, Jan, but Jim was the ultimate Luddite. He did not own a tape recorder. He never got past an electric typewriter, even through the 2000s. He never had a cell phone. He never had voicemail or a personal computer. So knowing that, that Richard Hall and Jim Mosley didn't like each other, Knowing that I work now with Jim Mosley, because it was no secret, as soon as he saw my face at NICAP headquarters, Richard Hall shook his finger and said, you're not welcome here. Wow. It was interesting because not too many months earlier, this group and I and Jim had visited Ray Palmer, that guy, over at his home in Amherst, Wisconsin. Beautiful home with a picture window overlooking a river, the Tomorrow River. So we decide, what are we going to do now? Ah, we'll call Ray and see what his suggestion is. He's got Flying Saucers magazine. And we told him what happened. And he said, you know, he gave us a little bit of advice and everything. And then said, I'll do something. Okay. He said, I'll do something. And a few months later, there was an article in Flying Saucers magazine entitled, No Investigations Can Actually Proceed, which, of course, Spells NICAP. <laughs> and he wrote about our little adventure. Sure. Uh, so that's my background with Hall. We made up. You know, he realized he was being excessive. And it was time to let bygones be bygones. We have more important things to discuss. Carl Lorenzen never forgot that slight. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> They're not around anymore anyway. I mean, I think, wasn't it Walt Andrus that, that split off from them and then they formed MUFON? And, and uh, like you say, Jen, now it's been around for years and it's pretty much here to stay. Because it was set up as a nonprofit and, and has been really there for the service of the general public, I think it's had staying power. You know, there's been a few arrows thrown MUFON's way in the recent years and years past, but I think. Overall, people realize that, you know, where are you going to go to report a UFO sighting that's going to, that it, where it's going to get followed up on? We're actually trained, certified field investigators are going to show up and talk to you about your sighting. And, and that's really the power. It's, it's really the volunteer network that, that MUFON has that is the power behind the organization. We have criticized MUFON, as listeners of the PowerCast know. But Jan is a gentleman, and he understands you can be friends with somebody and disagree with something. And not have to spread hate and vitriol. Yes. Yeah. Gina couldn't agree more. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things I would love to see change about this field. And, and, you know, it's not just the UFO field. I mean, I I see it 
I see it in the medical field. I see it in, in, in science circles and things. For whatever reason, people cannot seem to figure out how to disagree with people, but be agreeably disagree. If, if there's a word for that, you know, uh, it's okay to say, I don't agree with you, but you don't have to spit venom at them. You know, it's, uh, it's just not, it's not called for, it's, it's not needed. And frankly, the only way you're really going to ever get people to change their mind and or understand what you're talking about is if, is if you're civil about it and how you approach it. So uh, I enjoy people say, hey, I don't agree with you. I'd say, great. Tell me why. I'd like to know why you disagree. You know, what is it you're seeing that I'm not seeing? Um, that, that's, that's where you really learn things, you know, is listening. Well, that is so true. So maybe we should deal with one of those things right now. Um, okay. <laughs> MUFON has... He has fell it. into it, folks. You see that? Yeah. MUFON has, as its motto, the scientific study of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. So let's unpack that a bit. What exactly is a UFO to MUFON? And how can they be studied scientifically without having one in our possession to study and test? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think, you know, when you look at the definition of the word science, it has to do with the study of of a certain thing. You know, in this case, it's UFOs. And when you study science, science begins with observation. And what's what's more observable than, than UFOs, things flying around our skies or on the ground even, you know, people reporting those. I've heard people say, well, that's just a story. Well, yeah, but every science observation started with a story. I mean, Isaac Newton was laying under an apple tree when an apple fell out and hit him on the head. You know, he started thinking, hmm, what caused that thing to fall? Why did it fall? You know, what, what's gravity about? Uh, but he first observed it, and then he started questioning it, and then he started developing hypotheses about how it did what it did. And that's what leads us to greater understanding of our universe around us. And so, so I think that's the scientific basis of MUFON. I mean, we've collected well over 100,000 case studies of UFOs in the last 50 years that are in our files. Um, we're making those available to scientists and engineers. I'm trying to get aerospace companies interested in that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of people doing research that have the funding to go take that knowledge and turn it into something useful for all of us here on this planet. Let's do uh, the break here. Jan Harzan of Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, the executive director. With Randall and Gene, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com.
For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is threatening to close the southern border with Mexico if he doesn't get the funding for his border wall. Washington Post reporter Michael Scherer has more on the president's negotiations with Democrats over border wall funding. The latest offer we've heard is about $2.5 billion for the year uh, for border security. It's not clear what restrictions would be put on that, whether it could go to new fencing or not. Uh, The president has also backed off his initial demand for a concrete wall. He's now saying steel slats will be enough. While Washington remains deadlocked, 380,000 workers have been told to stay home without pay, and 420,000 others, including TSA screeners, members of the Coast Guard, and Border Patrol officers, must continue working without pay. You're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. Thousands of doctors, health specialists, and professionals recommend Balance of Nature as a way of improving their health. Listen to a few unsolicited success stories from doctors that not only recommend it, but use Balance of Nature as well. In my practice, I was getting to the point where I couldn't have the strength to see that many patients anymore. I was diagnosed with sarcoidosis. It really affected my breathing and the strength that I had. And I was introduced to the fruits and veggies. Just slowly, my strength started to come back. And it was because of the good nutrition. I can't say enough good for Balance of Nature and what it's done for me. I recommend it to everybody. When you call, use discount code USA. And we'll take 35% off your first month's order and ship it to you free. Call 800-2468-751. That's 1-800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Raising our voices alone or together. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds, not just making records, but breaking them. Fighting for victory on the battlefield and on the playing field. Seeing the world through new eyes and the earth from miles above. Redefining beauty, brains, and what it really means to be queen. Making ourselves heard on stage and on screen. Showing the way in Silicon Valley and showing up for others wherever help is needed most. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I want to tell you right away, Jan Harzan, that when you hear Randall with his echo, he is not talking to us from the fifth dimension. And therefore, we can't get him to say his name backwards and have him disappear. (laughs) That's a very, very obscure comic book reference, folks. Ah. Okay. I was going to say, is he echoing because he's in a hall of... Why is he echoing? It's my professional echo microphone. Ah! For $1.99 at the local Dollarama. (laughs) I need one of those. 
So anyway, you were saying, okay, so, so yeah, I think you were onto something there. Um, Where we were going with that then is, is what you're doing then, you're not really studying UFOs, but UFO reports, because we still don't have scientifically valid material evidence in the form of an alien craft to scientifically study, do we? Well, we certainly don't. I I imagine there probably is one or two sitting around somewhere in, in, in the world in some laboratory somewhere being torn apart, but. No, MUFON does not have in his possession a crash saucer. I wish we did. But without one, you certainly have the observations and the uh, observables from those craft that can lead you to understand perhaps the physics behind how it's doing what it's doing. And, and that's what scientists are and engineers are beginning to take, take apart and physicists and try to figure out how these things actually operate. Of course, the other side of the equation is not only how they operate, but who's operating them, right? And that's an important thing, too. So the second part of our mission statement to unpack it a little further is the benefit of humanity. And where the benefit comes from is if we can put some of these technologies we observe to work on this planet to help all of us. I mean, here's some observables. I mean, being able to travel instantaneously point to point. Just think what it would be like if you could travel from New York City to London in the blink of an eye or from New York to Hong Kong in two blinks of an eye. I mean, you could literally live anywhere on the planet, work anywhere on the planet, have dinner, lunch, or breakfast anywhere on the planet, and be back home in bed uh, with, without any wear and tear on your body of having sat on an airplane for 12 or 15 hours. So this is going to completely change the way transportation works on this planet, the way business happens on this planet, the way personal interactions happen on this planet. Now, just take it a step further to off-planet. If you could transport yourself from here to Mars or here to the moon or here to another galaxy, in less than a lifetime to get there, you can really extend the reach of mankind and, and, and the, how the humans are, are living out in space. I mean, that's what Elon Musk has been trying to create with this whole SpaceX thing, creating a, a civilization on Mars, you know, an extended civilization from Earth. So there's huge things that are changing. Uh, I'll take another one. That is health. People have reported major health issues, uh, life-ending health issues. Uh, and then have had some interaction with these craft, these beings, and have had complete remission of their symptoms. If we had that kind of technology, I think what that would do for the health and well-being of people on this planet who are suffering from any number of problems today, whether it be diabetes, uh, congestive heart failure, uh, lung cancer, uh, if we have the ability to fix these things as these beings seem to be able to do, it, it could completely change life on this planet. It might also bankrupt the social security system, but it'll change life on this planet, right? So, well, we'd like to think so. I, I mean, there's there's a couple of assumptions in there, and and that one of them, of course, is that they actually can do this instantaneous type of transport that you're talking about. Like, there's no question that they seem to move very quickly, and that at times they've been observed to appear to be in one place and then appear in another place, but we can't really be sure in those cases that it's the same object that's appeared in the other place that was seen in the first instance. So, uh, Yeah, so you, you want more proof, but let's assume that it is the same object. How did it do that? How was it able to leave this space and time and, and over up in this place space and time, wherever that, that other place might be? That's one of those assumptions. I think that's going maybe a little bit too far out on a limb to assume that is actually going on. But still, 
you've got the issue of how do they move the way that they do silently, quickly, instant acceleration, that sort of thing. We're still using all of this internal combustion type technology. And I think you're absolutely right. Whatever it is they're using, it's not that. Right. Correct. I think you're right. And if we could figure out how to use the same technology, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I live in Southern California. Uh, today, we have high winds. And I was up high in a building earlier today and i looked out and i could actually see 100 miles uh, out to catalina island and beyond to san clemente island and other places perfectly clear i could see the mountains and you know most of the time in southern california you can't see any of these things because they're shrouded in smog (laughs) but if you had a clear day uh, using clean technology such as what this is boy this would be a much better planet to live on in my opinion and you're kind of almost in a UFO hot zone down on there. We had uh, Preston Dennett on not too long ago talking about all the cases that go on right uh, around there. Wasn't it just off of Catalina Island that they had the Nimitz uh, encounters? Yeah, it was a little further south towards south of actually San Diego where the Nimbus happened. But but that whole channel there through Southern California from the L.A. Harbor down through uh, San Pedro and down in San Diego, I mean, that. That whole thing is, is a hotbed of activity for a craft being seen off the shores. I, we've had a number of reports of people reporting stuff. In fact, I had a, a board member from the local chapter when I ran the MUFON Orange County group who she and her husband were out to dinner one night with two friends. I believe one of them was an airline captain. And they were driving south on Pacific Coast Highway, which runs along the ocean in Laguna Beach, when they saw a craft come up out of the ocean and zip off into the sky. Uh, all four of them observed it. Interestingly enough, uh, they didn't talk about it, and they didn't even discuss it as a group. They just went on with their lives like nothing happened. They went to dinner. They had dinner. It was a very nice evening. Uh, several years later, she asked the other couple, do you remember that time we were in the car, and we were driving along, going to this restaurant, and, and all of a sudden out of the ocean came this flying saucer, basically, and it came out, and then it shot up in the sky, and they said, no, we don't remember that at all. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Two of the people, she and her husband remembered it, but the two people they were with didn't remember it. Maybe they didn't see it. Maybe they didn't see it. Exactly. Yeah. Because if they never discussed it, then like, hey, look at that. What was that? Did you see that? Then there's no way to know whether or not they really saw it. Yeah, very, very possibly. You you could be very right about that. But that still is just one of many reports that are like that in that particular area. So it's pretty hard to deny that something strange is going on when there's the number of reports that people have had over the years. And MUFON seems pretty dedicated to the idea that we're dealing with craft, alien craft of some kind. And I happen to be one of the people who are in agreement with that. Where do you think the most reasonable place that they come from is? <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting question because, you know, I I've, I feel a strong pull towards the extraterrestrial hypothesis. In other words, there are beings from out there coming here. But if you really think about it, there's nothing to say that they couldn't be an indigenous species to this planet living under our oceans or inside our Earth somewhere, maybe in another dimension even, uh, or that they could be time travelers coming back in time to, to visit this planet and maybe correct some problems that happened earlier, or that they could be you know, top secret military aircraft, or that they could be, I mean, who knows, angels, demons. You, you, I mean, there's, there's so many theories about what they could be interdimensional creatures. 
Not but, all theories are as good as another, though. Like uh, some of them are sort of subjective interpretations based true. on myth. Like, uh, so, like you were saying, the demons uh, right. transports from hell hypothesis. Well, right. you know, we're talking about mythology there, right? But no, nothing that says that any that these are mutually exclusive. In other words, they could all be true simultaneously. That's the point I would make. But I think if I had to settle on something, I would say uh, they tend to be advanced beings who have just learned so much more than we have, a being that they might be a hundred, a thousand, or a million years more advanced than us. I mean, just think about what we, where, how far we've come in the last 100 to 200 years. You know, I can remember when I was just a kid in the 50s, you had a crystal radio. That was really your radio. It was your crystal radio. More to come. Jan Harzan, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. You may need this herbal tea for relief right away, so write this down, drmillersclinic.com. If you take meds, then suffer stomach distress, constipation, indigestion, acid reflux, and bloating, and nothing else helps, get Dr. Miller's Holy Tea or Super Holy Tea, a cleansing, detoxifying herbal tea, now available at great rates direct from Dr. Miller's office. Call or click 888-660-7039 or drmillersclinic.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Interesting that Jan talks about crystal radios and how far we've come. And I think of the time back in the 50s and 60s, I built radios, including the crystal radios. I think people still make those kits, by the way. And they are as lousy now as they were then. (laughs) If the stations are really strong, you could get them. Otherwise, not so much. But the thing I wanted to point out to you there is look at the steady state of our development. What is civilization's technology, if they're 1,000, 5,000, or 10,000 years ahead of us, even be recognizable? Or as Arthur C. Clarke says, magic i mean we look at the products that may come from those civilizations like flying saucers they don't seem to be advanced enough if a civilization has been around that long why would they well, even need physical spacecraft flying, yeah you're talking about inside the spacecraft i mean they're talking about these smooth walls that don't seem to have any any uh, um seams to them um you know the light there's no actual light fixtures just light just seems to emanate from the walls that's too Uh, simplistic that's too simple jan i'm thinking that the the object itself the means of transportation may not even be comprehensible we look at it now and say okay maybe they have warp drive they have anti-gravity we could look into our own science what we're working on and what our sci-fi writers predict and come up with scenarios that make a lot of sense for maybe a couple hundred years from now Originally, when we started looking at warp drive, they said that the power required would be planetary on its level. Now they've reduced that considerably. So maybe in 2050, Zephram Cochran will develop warp drive as Star Trek talks about. But seriously speaking here, what I'm saying is what we see in this technology doesn't tell me a thousand or five thousand years. It tells me hundreds of years. At one point, will civilization be able to do things? 
that we can barely even conceive of and maybe just have instantaneous transportation, maybe stargates or something. So the flying saucers, does it represent civilizations that aren't so far ahead of us or it's put up there for our benefit? Or maybe they're projecting what it is we're capable of understanding. I think, I think you're both on to something for sure there. Like, exactly. Because we've commented in the past on the show and in the forums about the theatricality of the phenomena. It not only seems to just present itself to us as a phenomena, but with a certain kind of an intent. There's an intention there. Obviously, if they wanted to, they could probably go unseen by our detection equipment and by visual observation. And yet, from time to time, they choose to be picked up on radar and chased by jets, where pilots actually see them and always remain just out of range, almost playing a cat and mouse game, where strange things seem to happen, like almost as if they can anticipate the moves of the pilots uh, by reading their minds, that sort of thing. Well, I think you bring up a good point. You know, I mean... These craft appear out of nowhere, they, and they go into nowhere. And so where is it they're coming from, and where is it they're going to? Well, I've proposed active camouflage, for one thing. So well, if we've got to, you know, Stealth. if you activate that and you become invisible, you know, that might be interpreted by someone, say, like Valet in past years, as going into another dimension. Where in reality, it's nothing of the sort. They're just using a type of technology that obscures them from visual observation. And there is a whole strain of people, Valet being one of them, who are postulating that these are not extraterrestrial. These are from some other dimensionality or, or some other mind, you know, thing that we've created through our consciousness of some sort. And it's certainly a, a path to follow. But I, I'm kind of a a basic kind of guy, and I, I go to the simplest explanation, and I think it's just people who are so far advanced from us that they just appear to be, as you said, perhaps looking like they've come from another dimension or another place in time. Right, because they wouldn't actually need to be that advanced in order to give the illusion that they're coming from another dimension. And that's where, Gene, I think you're right on the money there, where they seem to be presenting themselves to us in a certain way. And even Clark, he, he points this out too, where it seems to follow, or at least parallel, just a little further ahead from our own technology, from the airships back in the late 1800s right through to the present day, you know, where they had uh, the Zeppelin-like airships, and now we're getting the triangles. Do we lose Gene? I'm just listening for your response. Oh, I thought he was asking you the question. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of directing it Gene's way, but I mean, yeah, you sh- sure, whatever you think too, Jan. I mean, this is, we're getting like right into the heart of the issue here as to what we're dealing with. Uh, in terms of the phenomena, of course, that's not everything that MUFON does, and we can certainly talk about that as well. If you'd like to switch to, say, some of the conferences or some of the um, work that you do just to raise public awareness, the TV productions and so on, uh, where would you like to go with it? Well, yeah. I, well, I think the the research is 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 a place where I I like to be because um, I think these are the questions we need to be asking, and we need to be finding the funding or the the organizations who have the funding to to look into these things and try to determine it. Um, you know, Mufon's a nonprofit. We we operate based on the goodness of the of the public, 
uh, otherwise we wouldn't exist. We don't have the funds to go build a interstellar craft. I mean, we don't have the capability to do that. You look at the latest organization created by Tom DeLong, TTSA, and it appears to me that one of their primary tenants is they'd like to take this, quote, science of interstellar travel and try to create some kind of a, a interstellar craft out of it. I sure hope they're successful. I, I, I'd love to see something like that. I suspect that someone's built that in the black world, maybe. Uh, but if they haven't, uh, it's great. What I'm being told by physicists and scientists is that we're not that far off from being able to figure it out ourselves and, and build, it, build it ourselves. So it's just going to take a lot of money to do it and a lot of funding. So that, and then you've got the whole area of consciousness, like how are things perceived? How does reality get created? How, how do you transfer between these locations and that location? There's just a whole host of incredible breakthrough from a science standpoint that are going to happen here in the very close future. I say close being 20 to 30 years, which to me is like nothing that I don't think people realize. Uh, it's going to make the last hundred years of technology development where we went from, you know, barely being able to fly to uh, landing on the moon, it's going to make it look like, you know, uh, a puppy. You know, we're, we're going to be doing stuff that's just so phenomenal, it'll just knock your socks off. Like what? I, Let, let's talk a bit about that. Have you got sort of an interest in that futurist type type stuff where oh, you're absolutely. dealing with? So, so what do you think we're really in for in the, say, in the next uh, 20 years? Well, I think in the next 20, we're going we're gonna to actually probably build prototypes of interstellar craft. And um, now we might not be out there in a big way, but we'll be out there at least testing this technology uh, to travel to other galaxies, to other star systems, to other solar systems. Um, I think when you start doing that, you know, you're going to stumble upon or, or thoughtfully come upon other intelligent life in the universe. And you're going to start, you know, just think of this, you know, let's just just forward 50 years. And we're now out there. Uh, as an interstellar civilization traveling to these other galaxies, and we're now circling above a planet in a solar system far, far away, and we look down on this planet, we see these indigenous people running around and doing stuff down there who don't have the capability to build a rocket yet, that don't have the capability to do things, because they're still very early in their infancy. Um, and we go down and we interact with these people, whether we take one aboard our craft and work on it or whatever we do, but now we become the aliens. And I think that's a profound statement. You know, we now become the aliens. So we're, <laughs> we're those people today, and we're looking up, and we're seeing this activity in our skies, all these different ships coming here, for lack of a better word. And, and we're saying, oh, look, there's aliens here, uh, or ETs, or whatever you want to call them. Um, it's not going to be too far in the future when we're the aliens. Or so we would hope. I mean, the nearest star is just over four light years distant so i mean that we could make that journey at even half light speed uh within a human lifespan but Correct. and then there's well there's more stars say within 50 light years which could still get us maybe you know a one-way trip at our present lifespan uh, but then things start to get farther away and it literally takes hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, more than that. It, even light speeds, so, and let alone distant galaxies, which are billions of, I mean, it'd take you billions of years to get there, even at light speed. So, billions. 
he said. Well, that, anyway, that, that, we have we have to break that's here. That's our current thing. We have to break here, guys. Jan, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, just parenthetically, since you mentioned the fact that if we're going to travel to another star system and we have to travel below the speed of light, there's no warp drive or wormhole or some gimmick to extend our speed. Sci-fi stories have had concepts of cities in space. So we would have the capability here of transporting maybe hundreds of people, allowing for births and deaths, or put everybody in suspended animation, if we could, to get them to a new place. In the movie Forbidden Planet, if you recall, that when the crew of the spaceship landed, they appeared to be in suspended animation and coming awake. What do you think, guys? Before the break there, we were just talking about uh, cases where the time would be within a human lifespan. But I think, Jen, you'd probably also agree that within the next 20 to 30 years, we might very well figure out anti-aging for ourselves. And then if we don't have to worry about that, 
Well, we could take a long time to just, as Gene suggests, perhaps explore the cosmos like space nomads in a multi-generation type ship, you know, in which case speed doesn't even really become a significant factor anymore. Correct. Very much so. Yeah, I don't know that suspended animation is going to be needed, honestly. I I understand why it's talked about, but I, I fully believe that we're going to figure out how to manipulate space and time. This was a conversation I had with Hal Pudoff uh, about a year ago, because when I had my conversation with Ben Rich back in 93, and he made the comment that we had the technology to take ET home, I think they had figured out the equations uh, for that, and they knew how to make it work. So let me just back up a second here. One of the things he talked about in his talk at the UCLA School of Engineering uh, alumni group was the fact that stealth came about because of a Russian mathematician's equations. And this Russian mathematician, a brilliant guy, I don't recall his name, but uh, he had written a set of equations that basically said, if you do this, you will be invisible to radar. The Lockheed Skunk Works team took that set of equations and used it to determine how they would have to build an aircraft and to hide it from radar signature cross-section. And that's how the F-117 came to be built. And if you look at the F-117, it is the strangest looking aircraft you've ever seen. Uh, it's got angular angles all over the thing. Uh, it doesn't look like any other aircraft ever built. Kelly Johnson berided uh, Ben <laughs> as, uh, are you crazy? This thing is, doesn't even look like an airplane because he didn't think it would even fly. But yet it did. And not only did it fly, but it also was invisible to radar. So it was all through the mathematical equations that that occurred. And I think interstellar travel and faster light travel is the same thing. It's, it's working on the Einstein's general theory of relativity and the equations for space and time, which are interchangeable. Those two variables, space and time, are interchangeable. And once you figure out how to do that, theoretically, through the equations, you can then begin to experimentally try to build it and make it operational so that you actually have a craft that does manipulate space and time. And once you get to that point, I don't think any of these barriers are there for us anymore. I think it may still take us a certain amount of time to get from here to there, but it's not going to take us as long as we would normally take it. And then add to that what you said about the expanded lifetimes, which I do believe is going to happen. Boy, I mean, you can pretty much do anything you want in terms of of where you want to go and what you want to do. Of course, this brings up a, a, some a point of contention that that I tend to get uh, myself mired down in with certain people on, on the whole idea of warp drive and space time geometry. When we're using an example, something like the F one seventeen, what we're dealing with is radar emissions and the way that they reflect off surfaces so that they don't get returned to the receivers. And that's all very well understood because we're dealing with known physical phenomena and materials. There's materials that also absorb radar. And so between reflecting them off in another direction and absorbing them, the science behind it isn't particularly mystical. It's proven with materials and known engineering. On the other hand, something like space-time curvature is more a model of the way things in space behave according to the math that you see. So it's not that space itself is curved. It's that things in space behave as if space 
where they're curved, but there's no evidence that it actually is. We're only dealing with uh, things like light rays or material objects that are under no propulsion and how they tend to travel through space uh, unencumbered by any sort of artificial means of or interruption in their movement, if you get what I'm saying. We can still travel straight from point A to point B. We don't need to take into account any space-time curvature whatsoever if we have propulsion. So I'm not convinced that any kind of warp drive is even possible. Well, I guess we better stay on Earth then. <laughs> well, I, I think it is. I mean, but, you know, time will tell uh, what's capable and what's, what's possible. Um, all we know is we're observing these craft and they're doing some pretty extraordinary things that we can't do. So there's obviously something about the technology that we haven't quite mastered yet. And hopefully we're going to get there real soon. That I have to completely agree with. There's been too many reports of something taking place. They have some kind of propulsion that we don't understand. It probably isn't some kind of space warping type of propulsion, but it allows them to move in ways that are far beyond our capability right now. Just by the fact that we can see them do it means that they're doing it somehow. We just need to figure out how. And I, I, I don't think it hurts to explore all of these different avenues and maybe by exploring them the right path will open itself up i i like to think that maybe even somebody who's tinkering in their garage somewhere along the way is going to stumble upon this you know one of the great discoveries they're just going to all of a sudden something is going to happen and it's going to open it up for everybody i sure hope so i have I a sure. question about that though randall is it possible anymore for people in garages to do that sort of thing again we're getting back to the image of a single inventor in star trek inventing warp drive like that is it possible nowadays because of the complexity of our technology for any single person to come up with such a concept and develop it enough to have at least something that could be workable enough to submit to a large company. We have about a minute left in this segment, so I'll ask either of you to have an answer for that, if you can. Jan? Well, I think if you look at some of the great inventors of the history, I mean, Tesla, Einstein, and people who've Edison, a lot of these guys got their inspiration and ideas through dreams. Uh, the, this information was almost downloaded to them, if you will, uh, in their dreams. And that's how they came up with, I mean, that's how Einstein came up with his general theory of relativity. It was, you know, basically through quiet, thoughtful reflection, through a dream state, that, that a lot of this stuff came to them. It wasn't they were so brilliant that they thought this up on their own. It was like ideas that just came to them. So a lot of that would be a single individual sitting there and kind of thinking about things. When I worked for IBM, we had what we called the wild ducks. And these were the people, we had one in our branch office where I first started out with, uh, with IBM, and he would wear his red tennis shoes to the customer meetings with his three-piece suit. These were people who were incredible thinkers. They weren't the best social skills. They didn't really get, get along with people all that well, but they would come up with some wild ideas that no one else would have even thought of. Now, how did they come up with those ideas? I can't, I can't say for sure, but, but a lot of them, I think they just had these ideas pop into their head. And, and there was a single individual who thought it up and wrote it up and then helped create it. So I think it is possible to have individuals 
But if you're trying to build something, like you're trying to build a craft that could travel interstellar, uh, you're going to need to have a huge organization behind you and, and a whole lot of people and money and resources to do that. But ideas, I think ideas are still the providence of the individual mind and consciousness of, of some very bright individuals who quiet their minds down and then things ha- start happening for them. We've got more to come with Jan Harzan of MUFON. And Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. Join American Cannabis Summit online at acs2018.com. Attendance is free. That's acs2018.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. Makes the perfect stocking stuffer. Get your Bug Assault today and save $10 on the Bug Beam Laser Combo, only at BugAssault.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rotation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So in that limited way, Jan Harzan, you believe that a single person can at least develop the concept and maybe do some cad work or write up the equations this is what we can do and then bring it to ibm or someone and they could look at that and expand it to the next stage yeah the the problem is you always have that not invented there here process i mean at one point in in the deep dark past uh, xerox came to ibm and tried to sell them their process called xerox and ibm said thank you but there's nobody who wants copies of things right so who passed on that opportunity? Well, it became one of the largest corporations, Xerox Corporation, which of course is now not as big, but in fact probably even defunct. But um, you know, you know, it's funny how people are stuck in the paradigm they're in, and therefore can't see the opportunity that's being presented to them. And I can't imagine how many people have missed those opportunities in the past, worth millions, if not billions, uh, and in the future, worth trillions, because that's where we're headed to as a civilization. So I think we have to listen to these wild ducks. We have to listen to them and to their ideas and not, not poo poo them, but, but give them some space and maybe do some experimentation and see if they don't pan out. I do think we're on the cusp of some incredible advances in our technology uh, as a civilization. And I think it's going to do nothing but help all of us on this planet just to live better lives. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I think we'd rather get on with that rather than building more nuclear weapons and trying to, figure out ways to kill ourselves. Well, that's a very optimistic attitude. And <laughs> I like it. But at the same time, there, there's still, you know, there still are nuclear weapons out there that are in silos. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Uh, they're working on AI as we speak. There's some real issues with AI and merging it with military technology. What's your, sure. what's, you well, know? Yeah, I, I think AI is probably the, the, the one, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's, it's basically a, the wild card, right? If not done properly, it could be our undoing as a civilization. If done well, it could be a boon and advancement to all of mankind. So, um, yeah, I think AI has got to be watched very closely. Uh, also, some of our genetics uh, technology, probably as well. But if done right, and I have great hope that we can do things right as a civilization, I think 
the advances are just so stunning. It's going to be incredible for all of us. I mean, we're going to be looking back 100 years from now saying, can you believe those people back in 2018 thought this? I mean, we're, we're now here, right? So I am an optimist, though. I, I, I like to look at the bright side of things and hope for the best, but also do what I can to help make bring it about. And that's what I'm trying to do here at MUFON. And I think that we need groups like MUFON to do exactly that, to inspire people to look beyond and outside the box into the possibilities that are out there for whatever it is that gives these alien craft the ability to do what they do. Uh, Returning just briefly to the whole comment about the AI thing, of course, if you're familiar with the Matrix movies and Agent Smith, I believe it was at one point that he says and then you talking to i believe it was morpheus created us and once we started to think for you of course it became our world referring to themselves Mm -hmm. as the machines so uh, there's a real i I think a real danger there that it's not just going to be the case where we all get to sit around in lawn chairs you know on just basking in the sun while machines and technology takes care of all of our needs. We've had that vision ever since popular mechanics, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, predicted that we'd have flying cars and robots would be doing all our work while we sat around and collected the paycheck. Well, that didn't happen. Instead, they just fired all the employees and hired the robots, you know? (laughs) You're you're right. You're absolutely right. No, no, you're very, very very true. I mean, I, uh, it's, Technology is a two-edged sword, right? And um, if we don't do it right, which means taking care of people and making sure everyone has enough to eat, housing and clothing, and the basic necessities of, of life on this planet, you know, we're, we're going to be no better off uh, after this advanced technology takes over and, and puts us on the side. Because it wouldn't take long for a robot to realize, hey, those humans really don't do a whole lot. Maybe we don't need them around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and they think they think very slowly, and yes. uh, I can think and do things myself now, mostly without their help, except for maybe, you know, we need to get a few of the laborers into the mines, and the next thing you know, you know, we become the slave labor to the machines. Always a possibility. And this is the this is the great fear. And we're we're almost headed in that direction now. You know, but at the same time, you know, back to Gene's point, well, they also provide us with a lot of benefit. A person, like you were saying, Jen, with a really good idea and even a modest home computer now can design stuff that is incredible. And then we've got 3D printing coming out. And I mean, who knows? I think it is possible that someone could actually come up with this you know, in their home lab somewhere in the future, in the not too distant future. Because after all, I mean, they've got little... Sightings, little mini orbs and UFOs that seem to fly around using the same principles. Well, they can't use nuclear power plants worth of energy to do that. They must be using a small amount of energy in a way that we're just not familiar with. Right. Very, very possible. Very, very possible. Who who could tell what the future is? I think the thing we have to look to science fiction to, to help us predict the future because it's done a pretty good job for the last 60, 70 years. I can remember as a kid growing up, and you probably can too. Is Buck Rogers and uh, you know the the, the rocket uh, rocket pack on the back of these people and flying around and you know it's just and they actually uh, made rocket packs that people could fly around in. Right, exactly. Let me correct that though. That was Rocket Man. 
Oh, is that Rocket right, Man? Right, okay. that was Rocket Man. What about and then Man? Commando Cody and the Lost Planet Airmen descended from the original Rocket Man movie. It was about some person who had this suit. Of course, the flying scenes, by the way, were very good. This is Republic Pictures movie serial. Buck Rogers was somebody who, I guess, goes into this cave and wakes up 500 years later, which is why they called Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Uh, and, and in fact, that was the name, I think, of a TV show. But Buck Rogers had to deal with a new civilization where you had, I guess, the Asians and the Caucasians or Americans fighting one another. Killer Kane was the Asian. Now, when they did the movie, they made it more generic. The original movie, Buck Rogers, of course, starred Larry Buster Crabb, who was Flash Gordon. You like all this trivia stuff that I bring out that nobody cares about? I love all that trivia stuff that you bring out. Compare what we see now and the technology of people flying. And look at what Republic Pictures did in the 1940s, if you get to see maybe on Netflix or maybe it's on YouTube. The Adventures of Captain Marvel, it's a character we call Shazam now. Anything with flying scenes like the Rocket Man, of course, and Commando Cody. And you're going to see, even though it's black and white, pretty good flying scenes that were never exceeded until Superman the movie came out in 1978, believe it or not. I have no idea why we're talking about this. With Jan, Jean, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump is threatening to close the southern border unless Congress agrees to provide billions to fund a border wall. USA's Rick Vincent has more. Florida Republican Senator Mark Rubio says the money isn't just for a wall. The Senate passed a bill that funded the government and did so because the White House told us they were open to it. And uh, then they changed their mind the next day. And then the House passed the bill they did. That said, that the House passed was not unreasonable. The $5 billion the president's asking for is not for a wall. It is for the top 10 priorities of a border security plan. Rubio says he's not sure what Trump means by closing the border, but he agrees it needs to be secured. Trump has canceled his plans to travel to Florida to celebrate New Year's staying in Washington. But White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says Democrats have left the table altogether. House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi spending the holidays vacationing in Hawaii. 
You're listening to USA Radio News. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-561-5716. That's 800-561-5716. Again, 800-561-5716. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. I think he fell on his echo chamber, Randall. Jan, what was your response to my nonsense? First off, I didn't realize you were such an affectionado of science fiction and, 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 and early 1940, 50 movies, but that, that's awesome. Um, I could just remember turning on the TV set on a Saturday morning and seeing these guys flying around with jetpacks on and it was uh, obviously all staged theater for television, but uh, it, it really opened up your eyes. And I think the whole point was that uh, this all foretold the future uh, that wasn't there yet. It was the science fiction writers making stuff up from, from their thought process that ultimately came to be true. So maybe we should look at science fiction today and see where it's pointing us towards, see where things are going to be tomorrow. That was my whole point. And, and I think you, you amplified on that with what you said. But then again, you know, I think the field of ufology has been highly criticized by the skeptics who say, well, look, you know, science fiction isn't science. And it's if and if you start mixing the two, then you're going to end up with pseudoscience and pseudoscience is used as a pejorative to refer to the field of ufology. And, you know, I. I constantly get into disagreements with them about that where i point out that it doesn't logically make any sense to call ufology pseudoscience because it's it doesn't fall into that category we're not making the claim or at least i don't as a ufologist that it is a scientific field of endeavor to begin with ufology seems to me to be 
largely cultural. It's more a cultural phenomenon than it is any kind of hard science like we were talking about before. We don't have any verifiable material scientific evidence that UFOs exist. We do have a lot of movies. We have Close Encounters of the Third Kind that was, I, I think, put into the Library of Congress uh, culturally significant movie section down there. I mean, it, it's in every corner of our culture now. Yeah. Going back to your first comment, I, I don't see mixing science fiction and ufology. I don't. Uh, what I was trying to say was that perhaps science fiction could help us predict the future. Uh, ufology is ufology, the study of UFOs, but 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 science fiction has always pointed the way to where we are headed from from as a civilization, from a technology standpoint and a futuristic standpoint. So that point being made, you know, people get so wrapped around the axle about you know if you can't prove it, if I can't see, feel, and touch it, then it doesn't exist. I'm not there because I mean, no one's seen a muon, and yet scientists tell us muons exist based on what they observe in the CERN Collider and and different devices around the world, but based on its effects, uh, no one's ever seen an electron, I don't think. Uh, so Yeah, they actually can take pictures of individual atoms now. Yeah. <laughs> it's really amazing. But, <clears throat> but I mean, just to go back to the muon, I don't think anyone's taken a picture of a muon, and, and we know that that's a real particle, if you will. I'm not, as, I'm not as hung up on the fact that I can't see, feel, and touch it, therefore it doesn't exist. Um, I have personally seen one of these crafts, so I know they exist. And hundreds of thousands if not millions of other people on this planet have seen these craft too so we know the craft are real and it's just a matter of you know and we're being told now by our own government uh albeit people retired from the government uh that these things are real and they're not from here now mufon's been trying for 50 years and, and i'm sure nicap did before and apro and the other organizations uh to find materials that might be from a crash saucer or, or from an advanced craft not of this planet, not of originating here on Earth. We've yet been able to, to conclusively prove that, uh, but there are materials out there, and are people out there saying that they claim they have materials from other devices? And at some point, someone's going to come up with something that's going to say, hey, this is a material or a metamaterial or whatever you want to call it that was not manufactured here on Earth. How do we know it wasn't manufactured here on Earth? Because we have no known processes that could have allowed us to put something like this together. You know, I mean, this I opens up a lot of topics I want to bring into Jan, but first to observe that we talk of science fiction predicting the future, and I wonder if we don't see certain inventions not because science fiction envisioned it, but because it was discussed in science fiction, and budding inventors look at that and say, I'd like to develop some kind of communicator like a Motorola StarTAC or a warp drive or yeah. a tablet computer yeah. like an iPad, although that was also in 2001, that sci-fi influences these developments, the reverse of that. I want the flying car. Oh, yeah. We still haven't got the flying car. I've been reading about that in Bible Mechanics since 1950. <laughs> Where is that darn thing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm, Actually, it's in the fifth I element. Remember the fifth element? All the cars were flying? Yeah. 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 George Jetson? Yeah. Oh, well, I actually, I, I've seen, actually, I've seen plenty of flying cars because there's been so many inventors who have invented flying cars. But for whatever reason, they've never taken off. And I assume it's because we don't have the infrastructure or the ability to keep these things from colliding with each other while they're up there in the air flying along the, 
merrily on their way. So, yeah, I think one of the first ones was actually it was the flying pinto, <laughs> which was <laughs> if you remember those, they were prone to blowing up if you <laughs> if you <laughs> ran into them from the rear end. So, uh, yeah, but uh, nowadays. I, I'm pretty sure I ran across an article somewhere that says that they're trying to get actual flying taxis going in China within, uh, you know, before the end of the 2020s kind of thing. Because now, of course, you've got the driverless car type technology. Well, you can now use that in a similar way with GPS to integrate that into a flying drone like machine that it doesn't use anti-gravity but with this new drone technology and then now they've got the actual car developed that can carry two people and they've done tests on it so maybe it's coming after all yeah i thought i thought uber was working on something of that nature too um so definitely with all the satellites up there now and the technology that's in place to separate vehicles from each other uh we're seeing it on our roadways with some of the more advanced cars and car companies um this is not out of the question i wonder if anyone will own a car 30 years from now perhaps you'll just click an app on your phone or maybe maybe it's not even an app on a phone anymore phones will probably be long gone uh there'll be some other thing we're using maybe it's in our brains that that, that allows you to to you know schedule a ride someplace because really what are what are cars for cars are for getting you from point a to point b and for and for washing on Saturday and Sunday and, and waxing, but I mean other than that, what what is a car used for? It's for get you from point A to point B. And if you could do that without having to own a twenty thousand, thirty thousand, hundred thousand, whatever thousand dollar vehicle, and paying insurance and taxes and everything else that goes with it, you know, why wouldn't people switch to the new model? Oh yeah, sure. I think they uh, probably a lot would opt out, just like they're opting out for their landlines now. Uh, yeah, you know, I've I've still got a landline and and no cell phone, and I'm probably one of the last holdouts. <laughs> but, so, but you know, I know a lot of people that have just dropped their landline. So you've, it's, it's we, quite you've possible. Just been, you've just been put on the luddite list. Yeah, there I am on the Luddite list. Uh, excuse yeah. me, folks. I'm developing a Luddite list. Let me just get a piece of paper here. Yes. Paper, and I, I'll write I, that down with a, a physical pen. <laughs> here we go. I don't know why. I never use it. It's funny. Kids today, kids today don't even use cable. You know, I've got Cox Cable. And like, it's probably one of my biggest bills every month is paying my Cox Cable bill. I'm like, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. I dumped mine a long time ago. Uh, like, I do build computers and do tech work. So, right. you know, maybe that's partly why. I just I just need to be able to distance myself from it. And I feel as, you know, if I have that phone on me, I'm, I'm you know, tethered to that technology at all times. And I just need to be able to get away from it. Yeah. You know, shut the thing off. Let's do our break in a moment. just want to say this. I kept a very simple smartphone, Motorola Razor for a number of years and then a year after the first iphone came out apple sent me one for review because i was doing a blog and i still do a blog on technology and i sat with it for about three weeks and i said could i get an extension and they gave me another three weeks i returned it and realized i had to buy one of these it had become indispensable it was a narcotic i was addicted more to come with jan Randall and Gene, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the purest for you and your family. For over 14 years, thousands have depended on Berkey Clean Water. The Berkey Guy has you covered at home, work, and on the go with water filtration systems of every size for every budget. Now, GCN listeners receive 10% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN at GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So that's the secret about technology. We get people addicted to them, and they buy the product. The companies, therefore, make money and develop, we hope, better products. We've got a whole civilization of kids growing up who are addicted to their phones. I mean, it's um, it's one of the UFO cartoons right where the aliens land and they're walking around and the alien turns to the other one and says do you think they'll notice us and he says oh not a clue not a chance right and they're all because all the humans are walking around with looking at their phones you know and- i was looking the other day i was having lunch somewhere and getting one of those one dollar cheeseburgers you get it <laughs> yes and burger king you want to save money i have a dollar i want lunch i get that so i was seeing people sit down couples they each were looking if they're smartphones, not one another. And you kind of think if you're sitting down there with your significant other, whoever that person might be, wouldn't it be more important to look at them rather than your smartphone? Yeah, I'd like to see us come back to that because I think we've gotten away from personal communication, which might be one of the reasons why we see such vitriol on these uh, social media sites and things because no one knows how to deal with uh, with a person face-to-face. You know, it's all all through that little phone. Yeah, it's so much easier to just uh, spout something off in text, in a, whether it's in an instant message or a forum or whatever, in many cases, than it is to actually carry on a meaningful conversation. And this brings me to another question I, I have for you, Jan. What's your impression of the state of UFO conferences and the online presence of shows like the Paracast and other podcasts out there. To, to me, it seems like it, it's getting rather saturated, but what's your impression? Well, it's going to get even more saturated because we, we know of at least five shows that are premiering after the first of the year, uh, starting with uh, Project Blue Book, and there's another show on Roswell, and uh, the boys at TTSA have a show with A&E. I mean, it's, it's just all over the place. We're getting calls from producers and directors. I mean, it's going to be nuts. Every single... Uh, station or, or network out there is going to have their own UFO show of one so- one sort or another. So um, I don't know. I think people, you know, I think people like seeing things. They like having recreations. They like following stuff through the television. And and a lot of the stuff, of course, will go on cable or it'll go on the on demand side of things. So uh, you'll be able to play it back later uh, at your leisure um, and binge on it if you want to binge on it. So I, I don't see it lessening uh, as far as physically attended conferences, I think we, we might see a consolidation of some of that. You know, you kind of see it with this like alien con, even though that's more of a, a hype by the uh, networks to uh, play up their favorite actors and actresses on their, on their sci-fi and, and UFO right. alien shows. Yeah. I think I saw where Michael Dorn is going to be there, you know, from uh, Star Trek. Right. Right. They, they bring in all the actors and then, and the general public who sees these people every week, get to go get an autograph with them or a picture taken with them and stuff like that. 
but the true scientific type conferences, I mean, which the MUFON symposium is, we bring in speakers from all sorts of fields and have them talk about what they know and what, what they're working on, the research they've done. Um, you know, it takes very thoughtful people to attend those conferences. And I'm, I'm pleased to say we're, we're finding a lot of those people out there who want to have a serious conversation. And there's also the networking aspect of it, of going to a physical conference where you can spend time with people of a like mind and talk about ideas and share thoughts and uh, research. Um, I don't think that'll ever go away. It's interesting with the millennials coming up. Uh, do they really want that kind of interaction? I don't know. Maybe we need to have conferences by mobile phone. I don't know. We'll have to think of something new. There is another question I've got for you. Since well, we've got the head guy on now, and, and uh, we've been trying to get uh, Debbie Ziegelmeyer on, uh, and she must be really busy with her speaking and other engagements because she hasn't been available. But I was wanting to ask her because I heard on another interview, I'm pretty sure it was with her, and, and you'll have to maybe help me out with this, Jen, that it was her team that was out scouring around the old Roswell crash site who came upon a small piece of material that ended up in Bigelow's lab. And that's what became this meta material that they started talking about. Can you tell us about that or, or clear that up or what's going on with that? Well, the only thing that I know for fact is that she and her brother, uh, as part of a television show that was being filmed, had gone down to do a dig in uh, New Mexico for materials. And I think it was the Roswell crash site. And I know they dug. I don't, I, I don't know that they found anything specifically. Uh, in fact, I thought they hadn't found anything specifically. So this might be one of those sh shaggy dog stories that takes on a life of its own when it's told by a number of people. It just grows bigger and bigger. As far as Bigelow having materials, I, I really don't know about that either. I haven't really spoken or heard from Bigelow in over 10 years. Um, I know that the TTSA guys have been using him as a laboratory, uh, as well as uh, Hal Putoff and the Earth Tech folks down in Austin. Uh, if they find materials or have materials they want tested, uh, those are two of the places that they would go to. Um, I also know that they've been talking for some time now, and I don't think it's any secret because they've been doing some Facebook and other postings uh, that the Atom Project, where they're actually trying to find materials that might have, well, not might, that have been manufactured someplace else and trying to prove it scientifically that, that it's not anything that we had created here on this earth. I sure hope they're successful. I mean, we've, like I said, been at it for 50 years. I personally have been involved in several different tests, and we've just never come up with anything that's conclusive where we could hold up our hands and say, absolutely, this is not from here. I mean, that would be the real clincher in terms of proving to the population, the, the world as a whole, that we have been visited in the past or, or even now by people who are not from here because we have materials that we can prove were never manufactured here on this planet. You see, that also raises the excuse for whether we have the technology because the government could say with plausible deniability, we don't have any of that stuff because they farmed it out to private industry where it's easier to keep a secret. Yeah, I, I, I believe that's probably true. That's, that's what I would do. I mean, if you're trying to keep, keep a secret, you, you don't you know, keep it in house, you ship it out. Plus, I, you know, something we've all just learned in this last year, maybe, or at least I did in the last year, is that when you use contractors, the work that they do for you is not subject to FOIA. Therefore, if they discover something significant, you don't have to disclose it. You should be able to track it, though, through the money trail. 
because they have to pay these contractors to do that sort of thing. And there must be some sort of explanation as to what it is they're doing. So somebody must be able to make an inquiry and say, well, hey, why are we paying trillions or billions of dollars to these contractors for what? There must be a process. Yeah. One would think so, but I also think they can make up invoices that say anything they want. <laughs> I, having been in business, I mean, you, you can make an invoice, say whatever you want to, and put an amount on it. And if it gets paid, it's still part of the business. So it's still Yeah, but that's not entirely legal either. No, so. no, 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 it's not. I'm, I'm not <laughs> I mean, saying it is, but I mean, how much of this stuff has not been done legally? Uh, that'd yeah. be a, that's another question, right? That's a really good question when you think about it. Yeah. But down, do you guys, okay, at one point you had a, a working relationship with Bigelow and then it kind of fell apart. And so you guys just aren't able to uh, cooperate since or? Well, I mean, yeah, so, so very simply, I mean, what happened was we were approached by BASS, the Bigelow Advanced Aerospace Studies Group, uh, Colm Kelleher, to, they asked us the question, you know, if we could fund your field investigators to get on site faster, do you think you could get information, you know, about the landings, the craft, the, the vehicles, the sightings, better information than what you have today? And our answer is, well, we don't know. So they were very specific. They, they was a very specific pinpoint. We'll pay for airline tickets. We'll pay for rental cars. We'll pay for hotels. We won't pay anything to admit for towards administrative expenses of MUFON, but we'll pay for anything to help get your investigators on site faster to see if you guys can get better information about your sightings. And so so we did that for about nine months. It was it was a, it was a project. Uh, they were very much adamant they didn't have anything to do with the running of MUFON. So it was an arm's length transaction. We didn't sell them anything. I mean, it was basically we accepted money to pay for expenses for our field investigators to basically put the, what I call it was putting our field investigators on on steroids and getting them out quickly to key sites. So we had people who literally watched the CMS database every minute of the day, twenty four seven. And when a case came in that looked meet certain parameters, like you know, like a landing or a trace case or something that had physical effects to it, the state directors were notified immediately. Teams were put deployed, uh, expenses were put in place. They, you know, if they needed an airline ticket, a hotel, or whatever they needed to get out there as fast as possible, that was done. And after nine months, you know, it, it had mixed results. And for whatever reason, the the Bass people. Uh, big old advanced aerospace studies people decided not to to renew the contract so that that was that now a lot of swirled around and all that and a lot of things have been made out of that but that was it was a very simple project as far as why bigelow hasn't been more actively involved in the ufo phenomenon i think part of it is because he got involved with this atip program back 10 12 years ago and uh he didn't need the ufo field anymore because he had a inside angle with the government more to come with Jan, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. 
all this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Heart-related health problems affect millions of people each year. Maybe you're one of the many who suffer from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, or clogged arteries. There is a solution that doesn't involve expensive prescription drugs that only mask the problem and leave you with horrible side effects. If you are ready to live your life free of sickness, pain, and fear, live your life with increased vitality, energy, and youthfulness, and experience your body healing itself, then you're ready for heart and body extract from Healthy Hearts Club. Here is what one satisfied customer had to say about heart and body extract regarding his angina pain. I haven't had an angina pain since I've been on it. The heart body extract is just so great. I thank God that I was led to this product that's doing so much for me and that can do so much for other people. Call to order your two-month supply of heart and body extract today. Call 1-866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So one of the reasons you were saying, Jan Harzan, for Bob Bigelow not to be involved so much in civilian research is that he, of course, got that government grant, you know, where, where his good buddy... contract. Yeah. We're in that good government contract where his good buddy, Senator Reid, the yeah. then now, the Senate now, Majority Leader, got the $20 million. You can't just give people contracts, though, in the government. The way the government works, is I've, I've dealt with government contracts as from, from, from an IBM standpoint, is you've got to bid these things out. Uh, my understanding is that, that that contract was bid out, but the, the only bidder on it was Bigelow. And none of the other aerospace companies wanted to bid on that contract. So I don't know, maybe it was too small for him. Maybe it was in a field they didn't want to be involved with. Who knows? Uh, but he well, did that, that would be yeah. known. I think before they let out that bid, they figured the chances that Bigelow would get it would be, what, 90%. Who else is going to bid on that? Well, you don't know. I mean, you never know. I mean, because because you put these things out and they go out into a uh, a system where people can look. And, and I mean, today, you and I could go into a system and see Oh, the government's asking for bids on these types of things. And do I want to go bid on that? Do I have the capability to deliver it? I guess that's the real thing is you have to have the capability to deliver on it. And it's got to be something you want to do as part of your business. So, yeah, I, I, I think they probably knew a good chance that he would be the guy. And, and that's fine. But the other thing was that Bigelow at the same time was advancing this whole inflatable habitat part of his business, which was Bigelow Aerospace. You know, he's got a very, very large contract with NASA in the hundreds of millions of dollars, that I understand. Uh, to deliver these things for use on the space station and in and, and Earth orbit. He stepped back from the whole UFO field because he was pursuing these commercial interests and uh, probably didn't want to mix the two. I'm just guessing. I, no one's told me this. I don't know. But uh, he kind of stepped out of the whole field for a while back there, and I haven't really heard Heidner hear from him for a good 10 years. 
or at least he went kind of silent on it while he was dealing with it sort of behind the scenes in his own way. Yeah. So, so uh, what, what about other groups? Are you, uh, do you network with QFOS? Oh, absolutely. But let me just go back up one second. Sure. Uh, the one thing I was very, very pleased to see was in May of 2017, about 18 months ago or 19 months ago, was the 60 Minutes segment with Robert Bigelow, where they were doing a piece on Bigelow Aerospace. And at the end of that piece, they actually talked about his parents' sighting of a UFO and asked him the question, do you believe that aliens are here? And he answered that question very emphatically. Absolutely, they're here. I I, I fell off my chair. I was at home, and I just by accident, I turned on that particular episode of 60 Minutes and saw it live. It was happening. And after I saw that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's that's I don't can't believe CBS allowed that segment to go on national tv and that told me that somewhere somewhere in our government somewhere someone is willing to let this information come out and if you remember it was only a few months later that the ttsa announced their big uh, enterprise and then only a month and a half after that that uh, or two months after that that the new york times had the front page article so you saw all these i call them the drips right you get a drip 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 and it's all going the same direction which is ufos are real they represent advanced technology flying about our skies. They're not from here. And we'd like to figure out how to build this stuff. You know, I mean, I, I just saw this stuff and it, it, it all came together for me as I was watching it. But, it. but it all happened separately. But you have to kind of think about it linearly and how it's coming, how it's coming out. And more of that's going to come. I think there's more coming, a lot more coming. So I'm sorry, you, you went down a different, Randall, you went down a different path. You wanted me to go. So go ahead and take me down. Uh, no, I think that's all really, really good to hear, actually. And I hope you're right. because. It all adds up to that, but will we really get any more than what we've been shown? I mean, even the TTSA people, you know, they've been saying, oh, well, we're going to get you more real clear footage and so on, but really they don't have it, I don't think. From what I I understand, you know, Elizondo got away with uh, getting what he did out because he didn't promote it as being a UFO bit of you know bit of footage when he was going through the release process he was promoting it as a training video and uh, once the people in the in behind the scenes realized what he was doing with it they were kind of sandbagged by the whole ufo thing and have said well look <laughs> he's not getting anything else i wish they'd show us more but well proof proof is in the pudding you know and and and, and hopefully there'll be more coming my fear is that someone in our government somewhere will shut this whole thing down and say that was enough no more of that but I, I, I see quite the opposite because I watched the press releases coming out from NASA, from JPL, from these private space companies, from these other countries. And I see quite a bit of talk about extraterrestrial life and, you know, what we're expecting to find in our universe. And it, it's all very positive now. Well, before it was very cautionary. Or now outright like, hostile, outright negative. You know, you had the giggle factor. You were you would be treated very dismissively by the media, and yep. you're right about that. There has been a shift in attitude, and uh, I hope it stays so that people, more people at least, decide to take it more seriously. Oh, absolutely. That's what we're all hopeful of, and and I think that's the direction they're trying to take it. Um, and it's going to take some thoughtful conversations with some people very high in our government to embrace this and to do it because realize not everybody in our government is read into this. In fact, most of them aren't read into this. So they're, they're, they're finding out about it for the first time themselves. 
and they're trying to come to grips with it. And and this we're talking about a, a paradigm, a, a worldview change that's dramatic. And if someone had been raised their whole life and and told all these lies that this stuff's a bunch of craziness and don't listen to these people, they're nuts. Uh, and now all of a sudden, someone's saying, "Well, you know, it wasn't quite that way." You know, in fact, we do have a couple things here that look pretty interesting. Uh, it's going to take a while to get the heads wrapped around that, and for sensible, scientific, well-funded uh, attention to be brought to this matter. And I think that's what they're trying to accomplish. And I think that's what we'd all like to see accomplished. So I'm supportive. But can we really solve it with any amount of money? I, I mean, it seems to me that we could throw a billion dollars at it and still not get any further ahead. Well, you may be right, but if we don't try, how will we know? There are people trying to develop anti-gravity type propulsion and looking into that seriously. Oh, I know. Uh, so, I mean, that might happen. But actually getting our hands on one of these craft, uh, it seems to me that if we're going to get up close physical valid scientific material evidence in the way of an actual craft it's going to be on the terms of the aliens and not on ours they're not just going to fly down and say okay here you go i i don't see it happening i they, they're not going to let us have them well I, you know you, you bring up a good point there randall because i think that's one thing i've, I've often thought like, like who's really in control here is it our government? Is it us? Is it our military? Or is it the aliens who are really in control? Well, it and, seems to me it's them because otherwise right, right. we'd have a whole lot more. Uh, I think in the public realm, we'd know a lot more. Right now, and maybe you can tell me whether you sort of your perspective on this. I think that the military powers that be with all of their equipment have to know a lot more than we do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've got all the answers or that they necessarily even have a craft in their possession. Well, I think you're right. And I think, I think that was one of the frustrations that Lou had when he was working in the ATIP program was he couldn't get the information up the chain of command because the people in between he and General Mattis, who was the uh, commanding officer, the, the general in charge of that particular, you know, that, that, that project reported up, you know, you go up, I don't know, maybe four or five levels and there was Mattis. Oh, Mattis, that Mattis, yes. That Mattis. That, that man. Mattis. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's that why Mattis. Trump fired him, not because their opinions differed, but because he was involved in something related to UFOs. I just created oh, a conspiracy that, theory. Don't, don't take me seriously, folks. I'm going to ask you, though, oh, oh, about oh, something. We weave. No, that, uh, that's not why he fired him. But, but We know that. We're just saying that. We're just creating a fake I, theory. This is fake no. news, folks. I mean, there's a lot of fake news going on, but, but I, we know where that comes from. We're not going to get into politics. We have Jan Harzan, the executive director of MUFON, coming up to 50 years next year, by the way. And then we have Gene Steinberg and Jay Randall Murphy joining us. And don't forget the After the Paracast radio show. You learn more at plus.theparacast.com. I got that all in. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. Join online at www.acs2018.com. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. Join American Cannabis Summit online at acs2018.com. Attendance is free. That's acs2018.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from Natural Botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. What I wanted to ask you, Jan Harzan, because we're talking again as to whether they've captured UFOs or have technology. If ailing technology is hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, and for whatever reason we capture one of their craft, and we can say we think it's Roswell or something else we've never heard about, would we be able to decode much of that technology, or would it be like sending the iPhone back to the 16th century? I think probably more the latter. I had the opportunity to attend the premiere of Jeremy Corbell's movie called Area 51 with the Gosh, and I'm blanking on his name, but but our friend from uh, S4. Lazar? Yeah, Bob Lazar. Gosh, I don't know. I, I could blank on that one. You know, and he basically said that. He said, he said, you know, this technology is so far advanced. We kind of, we saw this, we saw that, but we didn't really know how it all worked. We kind of guessed at this, that, and the other. Uh, now, you may not believe the Bob Lazar story, but it made sense to me because one of the problems I always had with the Bob Lazar story was he never really told us how it worked. Well, I found out why that was is because they didn't know how it worked. They just they knew they had this LM one fifteen they'd found. They could they could determine that by the isotopic ratios. They 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 knew that they had these three things that looked like, you know, gravity wave guides to what they deduced they might be, but they had no clue how the thing worked. It was like handing a smartphone to someone in the sixteenth century and saying, figure out how this works. You know, they could take it apart, they could look at it, they could study the circuitry. But it wouldn't mean anything to them because they had nothing to compare it to. That'd be a little harder these days, though. Like I say, we can view down to individual atoms now. So, I mean, once you get to that level, what is it that you can't take apart and study? There's not much. We had uh, Nick Redfern on recently, and he brought up an interesting point about Lazar. He suggested, and I kind of like this, that that Lazar himself may have been kind of an unknowing participant in a disinformation campaign where he was uh, privy to presentations that were of a sort of quasi-theatrical nature that led him to believe the things that he's released so that he himself actually believes he had these real experiences, but what was actually seen wasn't what it was really interpreted to have been by him. And, and that's very possible. You know, when you, when you really understand that Bob was there only a couple of months uh, before they stopped calling him back, it makes you wonder, you know, was there an operation to basically bring him in, show him a bunch of supposed advanced technology or advanced technology, and then let him release him, knowing that he would eventually go talk about it? Because, you know, there's, this, is the, this is the whole intelligence game, right? Tell people enough information, but then plausible denial, right, that it doesn't exist. And all of a sudden, you know, his, his records disappear, and he really... Don't can't show that he was at this school or that was whatever the, the issues that the people have had with his case. Maybe it was more that they just wanted the word out. So later on, when it became known, they could say, "Well, you guys have known for thirty years that S four existed. You know, we we didn't we didn't tell you it didn't exist. I mean, you had that. It was it's public record that it existed. So you, you could you could spin it so many different ways. Whether it's fake technology to make him think we had it, and therefore expose that or whether it's real technology to let them expose it so that they could have plausible denial and then later on say well of course you always always knew that i, I don't know it 
I almost feel sometimes we live in a hall of mirrors based on what goes on within our intelligence community and this whole military industrial complex. It's, it's very quite unsettling at times for me personally. And the whole UFO phenomena seems to fit into that as well. Yes. Because of its own theatrical nature. And to me, it seems as if, if there are actual alien beings or intelligences studying us, that it's for the purpose of them determining how we behave for some reason or another. Mm-hmm. Because everything they seem to do seems to elicit some sort of behavior that's observable by them. Or, or maybe they're making us behave this way. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I don't know about, well, I guess it depends on yeah. what you think of as control. I mean, when you look at the way advertising is delivered to us through our various medium means, it's you can make a pretty convincing case that we are being controlled by the media in terms of our thinking and the way that we make our purchases and live our lives. Now, if these objects come down and present themselves in certain ways to certain people, it tends to be a fairly life-changing experience, even for people who had been skeptics in the past. It, It transforms them in a way. That could be a very interesting thing in and of itself for some alien species to study without necessarily giving themselves away. Absolutely. And, and, you know, different people who interact with this phenomenon, it it affects them quite differently. You know, for some people, they suffer from post-traumatic stress, you know, or shock. For other people, it, 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 quote, enlightens them, you know, and they become advanced beings doing whatever they're doing. You know, uh, it's, it's almost all over the map. But from what we're seeing and what we're being reported to us by experiencers who've come to MUFON, about 80% of the time, the interactions with these non-human beings, for lack of a better word, tends to be very positive for them. But we do have that 20% of the time when it, it's a very, very negative experience, uh, whether that sends people into drug and alcohol or, or whatever it might cause in their life, you know, post-traumatic stress, it, it, it tends up to be a negative factor for them. So who knows? I mean, it's... What? Like, what? I think we need to kind of get on with the fact that we're not alone and there are other intelligences out there. Uh, how are they exhibit themselves or show themselves? And uh, how do we begin interacting with them? I mean, maybe they don't want to interact with us. Maybe they're so far advanced that, that we're not of any interest to them. That brings up the whole contactee thing. Now, we had uh, another guest on who claims uh, she was actually taken on board these uh, mother craft to and seen what goes on there and even done lectures before an audience of dozens if not more other people who had been taken and brought on board the craft and then they've all been released again and and i was saying to her well that seems to be you know kind of getting out there into fringe ufology a bit and she was very um well she took exception to that what do you think are are contactees now the mainstream ufology or are they still in your mind sort of out there on the fringe well i you know i that's that's i mean that's like our abductees you know mainstream or or we call it experiencers because there's there's a range of people for everything from those who feel they've been violated and abducted and violated to those who feel they've been on board the ships and have spoken to the grand poopa and and there are contactees, as we call them. And it's a whole range in between that. And we're trying to study that. That's one of the things that MUFON is, is starting to look at. Although we get 500 to 1,000 UFO reports a month that our investigators go out and look into, we're starting to get more and more experiencer 
events reported to us from from people who claim to have interaction with non-human entities. Typically, it's in the bedroom late at night, and, and, and an entity of some sort will appear to them and begin interacting with them. And we're trying to understand that better and trying to figure out what exactly is going on. It may or may not have anything to do with UFOs, but there seems to be some kind of a connection, at least in some of the cases. So I wish I could tell you more than that. I, all I know is that there are people reporting this, and we're trying to collect that data, just like we've been collecting UFO reports for 50 years. And we're trying to make some sense of the data to see what it's telling us. We've got more to come with Jan. Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. The government shutdown is now in week two, and there's nothing partial about it for hundreds of thousands of federal workers that are going without paychecks, like federal prison officer Chris Jansen. We can't call our our mortgage company and say, hey, sorry, the government shut down, so I'm not paying you either. President Trump tweeted that most of the people furloughed are Democrats. He also said that many of the federal workers are asking him to continue the shutdown until he gets the border wall funding. 380,000 workers have been told to stay home and they won't get paid. 420,000 other workers, including postal workers, border patrol officers, and TSA screeners, have to work without pay. John Martin was furloughed from his New Hampshire job as an engineering technician for the FAA. As a federal worker, you feel sometimes like you're, you know, you're hostage to this. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You wanted to continue that answer, Jan, or should I have Randall ask a question? You can have Randall ask a question. Yeah, you can have me ask a question. (laughs) Sure. Just have me ask that question, Gene. Uh, I was just going to say, so then, are you seeing an uprise in the incidence of CE4 and 5 type sightings then? No, not really. I mean, we're seeing kind of a constant stream, honestly. Uh, it's um, It just seems to be an ongoing ongoing thing. And, and uh, we get between 5 and 10 reports uh, a day sent to us from people claiming contact of some sort or another. Um, and it's... I won't say it's all over the map, but I mean, you know, some of them are consciously seeing things. Some of them are are, are just reporting beings in a room late at night. Some of them are just saying they just wake up with strange feelings that something happened to them. So that could be anything. That could be a nightmare. It could be a lot of different things. But um, it seems to be a constant stream, a steady stream, about five to ten a day. I think the peak we had 22 in one day. And we don't really advertise that we do that kind of work on our website most people think of mufon they think of you know all these guys are looking for hard you know shelled uh, ufos flying around our skies which we are i mean we want to know when people cite these craft that they can't identify but we have another team under kathleen martin and george medich of about 16 to 20 individuals uh from all professions you know doctors lawyers psychologists uh, hypnotherapists you name it that they're in this group and they work with these experiencers to help them basically process what they've been through. And typically when someone comes to us, and the way to do that, by the way, is you go on to our website and on the right-hand side below the fold, there's a, a box for ERT, Experience or Research Team. Click on that, it'll take you to a page that explains kind of what the team does and who the people are on the team. And in the upper left-hand corner, there's a orange box that says, uh, fill out the Experience or Questionnaire. If you fill that out, and give us permission to contact you because we, we request your permission to contact you. Uh, one of the team members will reach out to you. And what we find is people have about one of five reasons why they come to us. The number one reason is they just want someone to talk to, because if you're actually having these kinds of experiences or even think you're having these kind of experiences, there's not a whole lot of people you can talk to. I mean, it's bad enough talk, telling your neighbor or your wife or your spouse or your child about a UFO report, but try telling them that you had a, 
uh, you had an interaction with a non-human someplace, somewhere, you'll definitely get some strange looks from people because it's not an everyday kind of occurrence. Oh, I'm a believer. And even I would be like, uh, okay, really? Right. Let's, you know, right. so yeah, exactly. So, so they're looking for someone to talk to uh, and to process through it. Yeah, sometimes they're looking for a, a support group to go sit around once a month with like-minded people and 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 share their experiences and and do it. You know, other times they just want to report it and maybe have it investigated. That's that's probably the least of the things. Uh, what else? Sometimes they're looking for uh, a, a psychologist. I mean, they're, they're suffering from post-traumatic stress and they're really having a hard time getting on with their life, and they need some help, some counseling, some 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 support, uh, professional support. And do you have some trained people that you can refer them to for that? We absolutely do. We we have lists of uh, professionals who uh, work with these types of folks, and they're they're credentialed, and they um, we we refer people out. I mean, and I'll tell you, I, I know you'll laugh at this, because, but but sometimes there's demon demonic possession. You know, it's it's very rare, but it does happen, and we actually do put them in touch with the Catholic Church. I mean, to go do an exorcism. So I mean, there's there's different uh, different things that happen. And people are having all these experiences. Now, it all gets reported to us as a, you know, entity sighting, if you will, a UFO report. But all these people, they don't have any place to go to. There's no there's no social service you can go to and say, hey, this being showed up in my room last night and started talking to me about this thing, you know, or doing this to me or doing that to me. I mean, because what they'll do is they'll usher you down to the psychiatric ward and they'll put the jacket on you and they'll haul you away. So, uh, well, they don't really do that anymore, but no, <laughs> that's know, the but great it, fear, isn't it? I was tongue in cheek, but I mean, but seriously, they, they, they look at you like you're a little bit crocked. So, you know, the fact that you have someone now you can talk to about this and, and process through it. Sometimes, honestly, it turns out that, that, that we're dealing with mentally ill people. I mean, that, that's, that's a fraction of the cases we get. Sometimes it's uh, this, these demonic possession, which is, is very rare, but it does happen. Uh, sometimes it's just people, their medications are, are wrong and they need to have their medications adjusted. But a lot of the times it's people who are having real experiences with real beings that aren't from this, from the three-dimensional realm that we're from. And, um, you know, we're trying to sort through that and try to figure out what it all means. That's a, that's a new direction for MUFON that, that, that just in the last few years. Well, okay. If that, that was really great up until the point where you, you were talking about interdimensional beings because there, there's a whole concept that is really problematic in terms of trying to substantiate that something like that could even take place uh, so for example well i'm not a believer in that particular avenue because it doesn't make any logical sense and neither is say uh, another canadian ufologist up here chris rutkowski we've we've got our reasons for that and I don't see how it could even be considered as possible, let alone seriously as a type of solution to the problem. Well, we're, we're taking the reports and we're gathering the data and much smarter people than us will look at that data and try to figure out what exactly it means. You know, is it, are these people all delusional? Are, are they, but why are they having these similar experiences? I mean, that's the real question is what's, what's really going on here. And, is it all extraterrestrial? Probably not. You know, is it interdimensional? I don't know. It, you know, is it something else completely about how we perceive our reality? These are just big, big questions that are being asked, and uh, without any data to to look at and to analyze, uh, I don't know how we're ever going to solve the problem. 
I think with some questions, though, you can narrow them down. You can have you can create a hierarchy of better hypotheses than mm-hmm. others. So something like the you know the interdimensional hypothesis has some real logical problems, and therefore, once you understand those, you should be able to recognize that it belongs, say, lower on the list of possibilities for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Somebody you know someone might say, oh, it's interdimensional, but I'm not so sure they really understand what they're talking about when they say that. So in order to get a handle on what it could be, what the best possible answer is, we really need to look at the initial premise and say, well, is that possible? Can it happen? Because if it can't happen, then it's not going to be the right answer and it's not worth pursuing as an avenue of investigation. Right. But remember, flight couldn't happen right before the Wright brothers took off in an airplane. Landing on the moon couldn't happen until we did it in 1969. So our history is complete with lots of examples of where things couldn't be true or couldn't happen, and yet they did. That's just because some people were of the opinion that they couldn't happen, yet there were birds flying, and obviously flight was a possibility. The moon exists. Other people were saying, well, sure, it could happen, and here's why it could happen. Right. So you need a good reason to say why things can't happen, and there are really good reasons for the interdimensional hypothesis uh, to be basically dropped off the list. But for some reason, people still want to put their energy into that. And for those of us who understand why it's not a really good reason, it's kind of like, well, why do people want to waste their energy on that when it's not going to produce any fruit? Well, you, you just had a convention for all the flat earth people up in Denver recently, and I understand they had over 500 people attend. So, I, you know, people have all sorts of beliefs and reasons for that. All I can tell you is there's a segment of our society that is reporting what I term as non-human entities being in their homes, uh, or they're interacting with them, you know, someplace on this planet, and they're reporting that to us. Just like people have been reporting this for years, they see craft in the sky that shouldn't be from here. They're not; they don't appear to be. A, a normal aircraft of sorts. So we're collecting that data and we're hoping that the researchers, we have a research team, but there's other researchers out there can use that data to hopefully determine what is it these people are seeing or why are they perceiving it this way or what causes this to happen. Hey, we've got a break here. We got a lot more before we get broken by the commercial breaks. Gene Randall Jan, one more segment. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform Perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we broke them in the middle of a conversation. Jan, Randall, please continue. 
Yeah, I was just asking before the break there. So um, what kind of advances have you made in the last 50 years in answering the kinds of questions we were just talking about before the break? Well, is this in regards to UFOs specifically, or are you talking about the other topic we were just talking about? It could be anything that matters to you in the field of ufology, from what UFOs themselves could be to just the social acceptance of the phenomena. Yeah. Well, I think the things that, that definitely um, we've made great strides in the social acceptance of the phenomenon in just the last two years with uh, the New York Times front page article. I can tell you personally, I had people questioning why I was even involved in this. And these are people in my church and people, uh, neighbors and friends and my community because it was just like so far out there for them to even believe that UFOs are real. And after that front page article in the New York Times came out and all the press that went with it, uh, I had many of these same people coming up to me and saying, hey, I saw this thing on the news and, you know, hey, I want to talk to you more about what you're doing. And uh, I saw a whole different complexion of what's out there in the general community. Now, I also saw a lot of people who didn't see any of that and, and they're still brain dead when it comes to the UFO question because they don't they weren't part of that that disclosure part. But even in the press, I have noticed people calling in the press uh, when they ask questions and they want sound bites and they want MUFON's opinion. Uh, it used to be that it would come with, well, you know, I'm going to have to take this in the bunker to come on and refute what you just said, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't see that anymore. I, 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 I'm sure it's there, but I don't see it anymore. I see they're more open to just taking the story as it is and reporting it as it is. Uh, which is a complete difference to the uh, media than I saw in the past. And then just our scientists. I mean, I find a lot more openness, scientists willing to talk about the subject. Maybe not necessarily go to a UFO conference, but at least they're willing to talk about it and look into the situation and do their own personal research into it. So I think we've made great strides in the last 18 months since that story hit the, the, the press. And uh, I guess it was two, it was a year ago, or 12 months. So I'm very encouraged by what's going on right now in the field of ufology. Well, again, that's really optimistic. And actually, I have to agree with you on that, at least to some extent. There's times when maybe, and I'm not sure if you find this from being in the field for so long yourself, that it does get tiring to continue to go over the same old ground over and over and over again and see such slow progress in terms of finding out exactly what they are and getting people to really, truly believe that it is something that is not in people's imaginations. Well, you know, that's something I told Stephen Greer back in 2001, 2000 timeframe when he was doing the Disclosure Project, and he was uh, adamant that this was going to blow the lid off and that Disclosure was going to happen and that uh, everything was going to be great and there'll be no need for MUFON anymore or any of these things because it's all going to be taken care of with this uh, Washington Press Club announcement. And I said, well, that may be true, Stephen, but I said, you have to think of one thing. The biggest enemy or challenge we have in this field is not like having the government come clean or having you know, disinformation agents out there trying to destroy everything we put forth. The biggest challenge in our field is people's ability to change their belief system. And if you try to change a belief system, it's, it's nearly impossible to change someone's belief system. And if they believe these things don't exist, if they believe they're not this or that, you're never going to change their mind. I said, so my only concern going forward is, is you're going to do this big thing and it's going to fall on deaf ears and go plunk. I think Stephen did a great job. And I think his whole team put a great job on deck there. And I think it, 
had great witnesses and good stuff. And it lasted for three or four days. There was a fr- media frenzy. And then they went off to the next, you know, scandal or whatever they would to, to go to. And uh, Stephen Bassett followed up in 2000, I think, 14 or 15 with the uh, other disclosure meeting he had up in Washington. Who I thought was very well done again. But what, what fruits do you see from that? I mean, it, it falls on deaf ears. The general public, I'm not sure they really care about the subject. That's probably our biggest. It's the indifference. Their belief systems are already set. How do you how do you nudge that to the direction you need it to go? Maybe you don't need to. Maybe we don't care whether people believe it or not. We just know that the truth is out there and we move on. And looking at the future, obviously, a lot of people aren't in Stephen Greer's camp and maybe feel that the efforts at disclosure have pretty much come to deaf ears. Stephen Bassett, I haven't heard much from him lately, but he was saying every year it's going to be this year, it's going to be this year. And it sounded like the boy who cried wolf too often. It never happened. The question I had here is whether if there's going to be a disclosure of anything, would it come at once like some people expect or would it take 25 years? Why well, I, I don't think it's going to come as people expect. I don't think it's going to take 25 years either. I think it's I think it's a process. I think it's a a, a a drip, 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 and I think those drips are coming faster. And maybe the faucet will even get turned on, so it's coming out in a steady stream. I fully expect that we're going to have some big announcement here, maybe around June of next year, of something that the scientists have found there that that, that says, hey, not, either life is there now and or it was there previously, uh, based on what they found. You, you know, that's now that's microbial life. I got it. You know, it's not there, but we've got other probes out among the planets and, and the satellites, the moons around some of these other planets, uh, I fully expect that they're going to start finding things like plant life, you know. So you're going to start seeing this drip, 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 where it's going to become pretty evident to people that there, there is other life out there, even if it's very basic life. Uh, and eventually, I think it might not be maybe 50 years from now, but we're going to come face to face with other races, other other uh, beings out there in the universe, our, 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 our visible universe. So you know, I don't think it'll be overnight, but I don't think it's I don't think it'll take 25 years for people to come to the realization that we're not alone. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, you made a really great point earlier in that, well, some people just don't care unless they've had the experience themselves. They just don't get it. Their their golf game or their latest reality TV show or whatever you know stock they're invested in is far more important to them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If it doesn't affect me personally, then I don't really care. I mean, that's the kind of the attitude, right? Why do, I, why do I care that the aliens are out there? I've had people actually be fairly almost hostile over, you know, why do you have to talk about that all the time? And it's like, but I don't talk about it all the time. I just happen to just bring it up as part of the conversation. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, okay, we, you know, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. There's still that element of society. And even if some mothership came down and covered over Los Angeles, I mean, they still wouldn't believe it. It would probably, they'd, it was some sort of projection. It's some sort of psyops operation now. They're just making us think that it, it's there, you know, until they can get on a mothership and take a mothership cruise for themselves, they're just not going to believe it. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, I had a call from a lady a few years back and she said to me, Oh my gosh, you won't believe what just happened to me. I'm, I'm okay. She said, I, I, just, I was just out driving and I saw this big, huge triangle that went 100 feet over my car. I mean, you know, it was, she was going on like a crazy woman. And she I never thought this stuff was real. She's, I and she was just really just going like a buzzsaw. And I was just sitting there listening to her and she finally stopped me. She said, You don't seem to be very concerned about this. I said, Ma'am, we get 500 to 1,000 reports a month. I, I believe what you're telling me, but we hear this all the time. <laughs> 
And of course, you've had your own experience, you know, and it's led you on this lifelong path that has been, I'm sure, just absolutely amazing for you. So it's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Randall. Thanks, Gene. I appreciate it. If we want to know more about what you do, Jen, tell us where to go. You should check us out at MUFON.com. We'd love to have your support and be a member and get our monthly magazine uh, or come join us as a field investigator and help us uh, do the hard work. We'd love to have you. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, we have two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook and official Paracast channel on YouTube. You can also find Paracast Plus. What do you get for Paracast Plus? Well, go to plus.theparacast.com to check it out. We offer this show free of network ads with better quality audio. And then we also offer the After the Paracast podcast, which can be a continuation of the main episode, as we did with Cheryl Costa, as we did last week with Nick Redfern. Or it could be color commentary, or maybe we'll do a year-end roundup on this episode. Prices start just $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month. We offer five-year and lifetime subscriptions where you get free stuff. Who can object to free stuff? Okay? Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to learn more. I want to give a special thank you to Jan Harzan for being not just a good sport, but for coming here with very, very little notice and being a real trooper about it and not complaining to us. Jan, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Gene. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.